What is Latin music? Is it this? Well, yeah, yeah it is. But let's dig deeper. Is this Latin music? Well, of course this is Latin music, right? What about this one? This is definitely Latin music, or rather, Afro-Caribbean music. I interviewed the great trombonist Conrad Erwick to find out what exactly makes this music this music, and I just so happened to find out this might not be Latin music at all. My name's Brandon Mejia. This is What is Latin Music? You know, Eddie Palmieri, when he talks about Latin music, he says Latin is a language a bunch of dead people spoke 2,000 years ago. So we don't like to call it Latin music. We call it you know, Afro-Caribbean, Afro-Cuban. How did this music become a part of your life? Sure. I've been living in the New York area for over 40 years, and I'm a trombone player. And so when I first got to New York, I started playing salsa. Was very fortunate to start performing with Mario Balsa. And if you know, Mario Balsa is the godfather of Afro-Cuban jazz and Afro-Cuban music. Wait, the godfather of Afro-Cuban music? Who is Mario Bauza? He was great friends with Dizzy Gillespie. We performed with Dizzy Gillespie a number of times. He was great friends with Max Roach. He introduced Chana Pozo to Dizzy Gillespie back in the 40s. So everybody here should probably study, you know, go back and look up their encyclopedia for Mario Bauza. And so, you know, I did look into the man himself, just so you wouldn't have to unless you really wanted to. Prudencio Maria Baza Cardenas was an Afro-Cuban jazz, Latin and jazz musician. Among his arsenal of instruments were the clarinet, saxophone, and even the trumpet. Born in Havana, Cuba in 1910, he later in his life traveled to New York in 1925 with the Orquesta Antonio Maria Romeo in his teen years, honing his natural aspiration for melody and rhythm. Enticed by the swing scene in New York from this era, he returned to Cuba where he incorporated aspects of jazz in his own music. This could easily be noted as the beginnings of the synthesis of Afro-Cuban, Afro-American, Afro-whatever you'd like to call it, Afro-Caribbean jazz. It was a concoction of rich harmonies spontaneity of jazz, and complex rhythmic syncopations of Musica Cubana. He was the man, the absolute 
godfather of this music. And so, what a blessing. I started performing in his orchestra, and I was his trombone player, um, you know, and so through that I was playing with Victor Paz, who was the great uh, first trumpeter with Eddie Palmieri and with Tito Rodriguez, and then I met Eddie Palmieri and I started playing with Eddie Palmieri. I started playing with Tito Puente. For those of you who might not have heard of the great Tito Puente, he passed just two decades ago in 2000. He was one of the most renowned Puerto Rican percussionist, songwriter, band leader, and record producer. He is best known for his dance music, mambo, and Latin jazz compositions such as Oye Como Va. Many others, you know, when I first started with Mario Bassa, Paquita de Rivera was playing in that band, um, Claudia Rodini. So I started playing with Paquito also. And I played with Paquita de Rivera's quintet and, you know, uh, ultimately with the United Nations um, Orchestra. So it was, I mean, and just a litany, you know, on and on of performing um, Afro-Caribbean music. There's just something that trombone in this type of music just yells Afro-Caribbean music. Why is the trombone so important to this music? The thing is trombone is very integral to that music. It's always been important. It goes back to the times in Cuba in the 40s with Benny More. several theories why the trombone was so important. One is if the piano's out of tune, the trombone can instantly accommodate the intonation of the group. And the other point is that in backing the singers, the trombone has power, the timbre matches or is a little underneath the singer. So it, it gave a support like a, almost a pillow to the vocalist, whereas sometimes if you have trumpets and it's right in the waveform of where the singer is, it can be a little overpowering. Although many groups, of course, ended up with big, you know, had big bands with yeah. trumpets. Um, but the trombone was very important. So, of course, it changed my life. Can you recall a moment, an instance, that you felt so blessed? that you were playing alongside another musician you truly admired. The musical director for Benny More was Generosa Jimenez. If you don't know that, I'm one of the all-time greats. And he was a trombone player. I actually, you know, blessing in my life, I 
Hinarosa came to Newark. And we performed at NJ Pack. And I was able to perform in the Hinarosa Jimenez Orchestra before he died. He was in his 90s. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Hinarosa was, he, I mean, he was an idol of mine. And I idolized all of those trombone players, especially Barry Rogers. And Barry Rogers is the most important trombonist in American salsa history and Afro-Caribbean music. He was sort of the co-founder with Eddie Palmieri of the group La Perfecta, which was Eddie Palmieri's breakout orchestra. To give you a little more history, back in, you know, we'll say back in the day, back in the late 20th century, there was the concept started by Eddie Palmieri of the trombone conjunto. So there was many different groups that were just all trombones. Manny Okendo and Libre, I don't know if you, I mean, that orchestra with Andy Gonzalez and Jerry Gonzalez and Manny Okendo is one of the most important groups in the history of Afro-Caribbean music. Four or five trombones. And on any given night, you know, on a weekend, there might be five, ten bone conjuntos playing. I mean, there was hundred trombone players working. It was, you know, hard to find subs or not that hard to find work. Playing with all those amazing people, it changed my life. Eddie Palmieri. Now, you mentioned him a couple times throughout this interview. Eddie comes up a ton. He's an award-winning pianist, a Grammy award-winning pianist at that. Who is he to you? I, I always joke because Eddie Palmieri is my compai. He's my son's godfather. We've been, I've been playing with Eddie for 38 years and one of my best friends on the planet. And what I would say once again, for a trombone player, for, for any musician, it's just, it's an amazing experience. A lot of times I wondered, am I a salsera who plays jazz or am I a jazz musician who plays salsa? And so, you know, being able to travel the world, perform and record with all these amazing musicians, I mean, it did change my life. How did you meet Eddie? Uh, I met Eddie Palmieri with Victor Paz. Uh, Victor Paz was my teacher. He was my maestro, you know. He was, you know, my role model. And I played in Victor Paz, the Victor Paz Orchestra also, which was um, five trumpets and one trombone. Hmm. You know, Victor was the most amazing first trumpeter. He was the seminal first trumpet player in the history of Afro-Caribbean music. There's no one who surpassed Victor Paz. Everybody... You know, there's got to be a top dog, the king. He was the king. And so I was um, his protege. And so, uh, I mean, the story, I was also, you know, Victor was very busy. He was playing lead trumpet with Liza Minnelli. He was the first trumpet on the Broadway show Cats. Oh, and I was, wow. I was a substitute 
for years on the Broadway show Cats. And so Victor and I would always, you know, hang out like between shows and stuff. So we, it must have been on a matinee day. It was a very important restaurant and it was called Asia Numero Dos, for those of you who don't speak Spanish, Asia Number Two. And Asia Number Two was over on Ninth Avenue around the corner from the Winter Garden Theater. And so Victor went over, Victor and I went over between shows and we were sitting there and it's, it's a Cuban Chinese uh, restaurant, was. And in walks Eddie Palmieri. And so, of course, Victor had played first trumpet with Eddie Palmieri for years on all those records, especially the White Album. If you look up Eddie Palmieri's White Album, that's Victor yeah. Paz, it's fantastic. And um, I idolized that record, of course, and studied it greatly, because Barry Rogers is playing all the trombone parts there. And um, Eddie sat down, and Victor said, you should hire this guy in your band. And so Eddie kind of looked at him, you know, so Eddie wrote my number down on a napkin or something like that. <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way we used to work. There was no cell phones or anything. And uh, about six weeks later, I got a call from Mrs. Palmieri, Eddie's wife, and all of a sudden, I was in the band, and I've been in the band for 38 years. We hit so many great points in today's listening session. This interview truly had an impactful role on my understanding and my own definition of Latin, or what we should better call Afro-Caribbean music, according to the inspiring trombonist Conrad Herwig. We were able to hear about Conrad's rise to musical fame in the New York scene with his tight relationship with Latino star Eddie Palmieri. We were able to put a name on the godfather of Afro-Cuban music, Mario Balsa, as well as listen to his amazing Afro-Cuban orchestra. We heard names such as Tito Puente, Benny Morey, Generoso Jimenez, Betty Rogers, and some of those were fellow trombone players, and some of those were legendary Latino artists. Most importantly, we're able to learn about these cats from the perspective of living legend, Conrad. Unique stories from his own voice. We explored why the trombone was so essential to what we have come to understand as Afro-Caribbean music. I'm Brandon Mejia. This has been What is Latin Music? What is Latin Music is a WBGO studio production. The show is written, produced, and mixed by yours truly, Brandon Mejia. Music featured in today's episode will be listed in our show notes. Special thanks to everyone at WBGO and Jazz House Kids for making this possible. I'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>